0: Hello, hello, hello. Are you guys out there? Is anyone out there? Really? It's a problem with the podcast format. There's no, um, there's no reaction when I talk to you, is there? So you should really hit us up on social media at uh, Red Bulletin, our Twitter handle, for example. Welcome to this, by the way, the Red Bulletin podcast. I'm your host, Andreas Georges. We're talking to top performers in the worlds of adventure, sports, culture, Music innovation today. We've got a preview podcast for you. This is where we uh, preview next week's discussion with a podcast that focuses on you know something that comes up in the course of the discussion and in our interview next week with our subject from the sporting world, and um, and we dive a little deep into it and uh, hopefully provide some context to you guys as you're listening. And I wanted to take this one to talk about the NFL. Not for long. Actually, not for long is NFL. It's actually an acronym. And maybe in this context, it's appropriate. Because what next week's guest got me thinking about was the future of the National Football League. Um, It hasn't been an amazing couple of years for America's game. The high-profile deaths, often by suicide, of ex-players suffering from brain injuries sustained during their playing days has hit the sport hard from both a PR angle and PR perspective, um, and also from a talent pool perspective. Last year saw viewership figures decline at the beginning of the season. Uh, I'm not saying that the NFL is going anywhere anytime soon. There's far too much in money invested, billions invested in its success. And this year's dramatic Super Bowl attracted a record share of viewers. But uh, there are chinks in the armor, and opportunities maybe for other sports like rugby. That sport that that looks like a more exhausting version of football, uh, with less padding and really massive, intense group hugs. Rugby has been an active sport in the U.S. since the late 19th century, mainly in the Northeast. Um, A national conversation on the violence of American football which went all the way up to President Theodore Roosevelt in 1910, actually threw the game's future into doubt, and rugby took full advantage. Colleges like Berkeley and Stanford even abandoned their football programs in favor of rugby. The U.S. won the gold medal when rugby was played in the Olympics in 1920 and 1924. But the sport has struggled mightily to find a foothold beyond the coasts, and it couldn't capture the middle. Where football was the leading sporting religion. Colleges by and by abandoned their rugby programs until the 1960s when, like, the kind of the beginning of a turnaround was starting to happen, a little bit of a more sustained turnaround. In 1975, USA Rugby was founded, and and high profile matches against like rugby giants like Australia and New Zealand have attracted fans, most notably. In 2014, when 60,000 people descended on Soldier Field in Chicago, home of the Bears, to watch the USA team get dominated by the all-blacks of New Zealand. But the best chance rugby has of landing with U.S. audiences came with the introduction of rugby sevens. The 7 a side tournament, which was introduced in, in 1993 on a global level, is a lot more compelling to the casual or, you know, most of us clueless fan than the standard 15 a side matches uh there's more speed there's more open field juking and more points and and what does america want more than a load of points being scored constantly in a game in 2009 the international olympic committee made rugby an official olympic sport again and the decision to use a sevens format gave the u.s a boost The future continues to look rosy. A report last year by HSBC, which sponsors a 10-tournament international seven series with stops in London and Las Vegas, described a sport on the verge in the United States. More than 100,000 players are registered with U.S. rugby. And the women's sevens is the fastest-growing sport for women in the country. The U.S. men's team actually won the London sevens in 2016, beating teams like Australia and England. Thanks to the blindingly fast feat of next week's guest. And there was a big buildup to and a lot of hope placed in uh, the 2016 Olympics in Rio where Rugby Sevens made its return. But the U.S. didn't do so well, even though they were kind of forecast to maybe finish with a medal. They just they they couldn't get past the quarterfinals. Even though they featured a team that um, had a couple of ex football players and one active NFLer, actually, a guy named uh, Nate Ebner, who our engineer first name James knows as the special teams player for the New England Patriots. He actually played at the Rio Olympics and they did decently, but they finished ninth in the end, which, which just wasn't enough to get him further along in the rounds. Then came the news in December that pro rugby, which was the 16 professional rugby league that had only been around for about a year, was no more. That was a mix of, you know, lack of support from USA Rugby, some charge. It was a mix of, you know, viewership, attendance figures at the matches. They haven't gotten the mix quite right yet. The disappointment has been palpable, but I feel like the movement has already begun at the youth level. USA Rugby has a rookie rugby program for kids as young as seven, and more than two million kids participate in that program, with parents kind of preferring that as a relatively safer option to that of football. But to grow, they need help. They need stars, right? Every, every major league needs stars that fans can fixate on, that kids can aspire to become. And so they have stars like next week's guest, Carlin Iles, and And maybe he's someone to hang your hat on. He was a successful Division II football player who competed at the 2012 Olympic trials as a sprinter. He's blindingly fast. One night, Isles was surfing YouTube, and the platform's algorithm suggested a couple of rugby videos. He clicked, and a few days later was on his way to Colorado to train with the Gentlemen of Aspen Rugby Club. That's a throwback name. Five years and more than a million YouTube views later, Isles and his breakneck speed are the toasts of the global rugby community and the growing fan base in the U.S. But the journey there was more difficult than he could imagine through foster homes, challenging new environments, and more than a few stunted dreams. I spent about an hour talking to Carlin and um, what has emerged is a man who identified very on that he had a gift and his gift was his speed. And what's really interesting is that irrespective of whether rugby is successful or not in the United States going forward, Carlin and intends to use that speed to inspire others, to overcome their challenges in their lives, to, to seize the dreams as they come along and really make the most of it. It's a really great conversation. I hope you tune in. See you next time.